Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo. Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is Leave Your Problems to God. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Hello everyone, welcome. My name is Roland and the program is called Shedding Shackles. I've been on the air for a long time and I have many, many wonderful things to tell you about. But let's begin today's program with a call. Here is a call coming in from Huntsville, Texas. Hey, Pastor Roland. My name is Nate from Huntsville, Texas, and my question is, how can I have, like, how can I leave my problems to God and not have to worry so much? Thank you. Thanks, Nate. How can we leave our problems with God and not worry so much? Christ said, you know, in the world there will always be, uh, what did he say? tribulation or suffering. He said, the poor you will always have with you. So there's always going to be something. There are always going to be issues. But learning how to deal with the issues, that's the important thing. Now, why is it that we worry? It's because we don't have faith. So the number one problem is, well, let me see if I can Put it in perspective. It's not just one problem. Well, yes, there is one problem. And what is the problem? It's separation from God. That's the problem. But it's not your fault. You were born that way. You were born into a family and into a city, into a country, into a world. By and large, separated from God. And the proof that we're separated from God is all around you. Just go out the door and look at people. Put on the television. Look at the news. Look at the headlines. Look into every family and see arguing and enmity and strife and yelling and hurt feelings and bitterness and resentment and anger. So what does that tell you? we got to be separated from God. But fortunately, we can see that we are. God gives us something called awareness or consciousness. See, the animal sees, and that's all. The animal has eyes and it sees, and it has ears and it hears. But the human can see and also perceive. The human can hear and also understand. And it's that quality of understanding that is a healing balm for every issue and every problem. And where does that understanding comes from? It comes from God. And if you are connected to God, I'm going to talk about that. Well, that's what I've been talking about for 33 years now, but I'm I'm going to talk about it again today. Because there are always new listeners. And then there are always people who, I've had people who have listened to me for years. But then finally one day, they get it. When they're ready, they get it. And when you're not, when they're not ready, they're just not ready. That's all right. But one day you are ready. So let's begin with what are the things that interfere with 
being connected to God. You know, some of the great saints of the church and the mystics, very spiritual people, talk about union with God. And so if you were united to God, then you would be whole. You would be whole. You wouldn't need to look for anything out in the world because you would already have it. You understand? You would already have it. He would be your fulfillment. He would be the answer. So, so it makes it quite simple, actually. All you have to do is find God, that's all. But as I was saying earlier, see, I, I, I have so many ideas. They come out, and, and I, but I have to go back. I have to keep it very simple. If I don't keep it simple, you, you, can't, you won't be able to follow. So I want to go back to what I was saying earlier. And what, what did I say? I said that we are separate from God. And all you have to do is refine him. And then everything will be okay. And then the next question is, well, what is it that interferes with finding him? You figured that would be the easiest thing in the world. Oh, what I had been saying earlier is that a deer can see with its eyes, but it cannot perceive. A deer can hear with its ears, but it can't understand. But humans can see and perceive. They can hear and understand. And you can see that you're seeing. See, the deer only sees. But you can know that you're hearing. You can hear something and know that it's not true. You can hear something and sort of deep down in your heart you know that it's true. You can have a thought and immediately you know it's not a good thought. Maybe you don't know where the thought came from. That's another question, but you know that it's not good. Nobody has to tell you. When you were a little tiny child, you were two years old. You saw somebody steal something. You knew it was wrong. When you were one and a half years old, you saw your mommy was angry at your daddy, and your daddy was angry at your mommy, and you knew there was something wrong with that. But you couldn't express yourself. You were only a little, a little child. So probably what did you do? You cried. So... You have perception, you have intuition, you have a conscience. There you go. That's another word for it, conscience. When you were a little child, you were very close to your conscience. And what did, if you did something wrong? You could feel that you did something wrong, didn't you? You felt it. Well, that's a gift from God. A deer doesn't have a conscience. A raccoon doesn't have a conscience, but a human does. So this is apparently a great gift that is given to humans. If you have a question or need advice, call our listener call-in line at 510-455-8851. That's 510 510- Four five five eight eight five one. All right. So you 
can see, well, here's another thing. You can be taught that one plus one equals two. And then you can say it. One plus one equals two, just like a parrot. A parrot can also be taught to say one plus one equals two. But a parrot will never understand the principle. But a human can, the little child. It memorizes one plus one equals two, but it can also see it. When the child sees the principle, the child gets it. Then later on, you can say, what's 1,000 and 1 plus 1? And the child can say 1,002. Because the child understands the principle. You understand? You get it? All right. See, and when I say, do you get it? And you, you quietly say, yes. Well, why do you get it? It's because you have this gift from God. An animal can't get it. You tell a joke, and a person can get it. Then they laugh. I get it. Oh, my God, it's so funny. You tell a joke to to a dog, dog doesn't get it. Tell a joke to a blue jay, it doesn't get it. Tell it to a human, it gets it. So, humans have that. So that's a great gift. A great, great gift. So that proves that God has already given you a gift. He's given you a gift already. He's given you the gift of intuition, of conscience. But what happened? Well, you came under bad influences. Yeah, you did. And they were all around you. Other kids were bad influences. Your friends, quote-unquote friends, were they really your friends? Yeah, you had fun together, but they, they led you into mischief, did they not? And maybe your parents were a bad influence. That's right. Maybe they said all the right things, but your mom secretly resented your dad. That's a bad influence. Your dad was angry at your mom. That's a bad influence. See? You went to school and there were bullies. And then there were teachers' pets. And then the teachers, they liked some kids more than others. That's a bad, that's bad influence. Then there were coaches that pressured you. Win, win, win. That's a bad influence. And teachers that pressured you and tried to motivate you. You've got to, you've got to win. You've got to succeed. You've got to get good grades. You've got to rise to the top. You've got to make money. You've got to prove something. You've got to be something. It's a bad influence. No, I'm not saying, no, I'm not saying that you have to be a nothing. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that it should come naturally from, it should come naturally. Did you notice that plants, they grow naturally? You put the seed in the ground, and eventually you have a beautiful rose bush with beautiful roses. Or you have a beautiful oak tree. Or you have an apple tree. How did that happen? Well, plant absorbed the sunlight, and it thrived in the sunlight. Give it a little bit of water and a couple of minerals and a lot of sunlight, and behold the glory. And the glory, of course, is to God, the creator of the plant. So a little child, children, could grow to be an Albert Einstein, a Mozart, a Madame Curie, a George Washington. Somebody very noble, a George Washington Carver, 
could have grown to be someone very noble. Or Paul. Well, but look at Paul. Even he's messed up. He messed up big time. Christ had to get his attention in a very big way. Well, so now you can take a look at your lack of faith. Oh, that's the other thing. So, separation from God. All right, so now are you starting to kind of agree with me that that's the problem? Well, now how are you going to get back to God? Because if you get close to him, then you can leave your problems with him. You can give him your problems and not worry about them. Well, you have to find him. And now how did you lose him? Well, once again, it's a very slow process. It's a slow process of coming under bad influences. You're listening to Shedding Shackles, helping you navigate life's challenges with poise and confidence. If you have a question or need advice, call our listener call-in line at 510-455-8851. That's 510-455-8851. This is Jeremiah Trujillo, the producer of Shedding Shackles. I'm also a pianist and played some of the music that you hear on Shedding Shackles such as The Rhapsody in Blue by the American composer George Gershwin. Thanks for listening. problems with him. You can give him your problems and not worry about them. Well, you have to find him. And now how did you lose him? Well, once again, it's a very slow process. It's a slow process of coming under bad influences and then doing naughty things. And then when you start to do more and more naughty things, then you begin to feel guilty before conscience. Now your conscience makes you feel bad. When you were a little tiny child, it only made you feel bad once in a, once in a long time. Maybe you hated your mommy. You got really angry at your mommy. I hate you! And then you felt your conscience, and you knew in your heart that it was wrong to, to say that to your mommy, to hate your mommy. But what happened was, as time go, went by... You did more and more naughty things, and you went along to get along. So everybody else was doing naughty things. Everybody else was being ambitious and being mean and, and teasing and being cruel and saying things that they didn't mean and cheating a little here and stealing a little there and being mean to other people and things like that. And you went along with it, and your conscience tried to make you know that it wasn't 
shouldn't go along with those things, but you did. And pretty soon you didn't like your conscience anymore because it made you feel bad. But when your conscience made you feel bad, you didn't want to be in touch with your conscience anymore because it made you feel bad. It was a spoil sport. So you pushed your conscience aside. Pushed it aside. And how did you do that? By doing more naughty things and by endlessly distracting yourself. Texting, working, listening to music, smoking marijuana, pleasure, entertainment, distractions, problems, and pretty soon you could use problems to escape from conscience. So everything helped you to escape. Your pro even your problems helped you to escape from conscience. And for a while you felt okay because your conscience wasn't there. But it kept coming back, kept knocking on the door. And then you tried to outdo your conscience. You tried to get over on your conscience by trying to make yourself good. See, it's just another trick, another, another bit of ambition. Instead of letting go and letting God, instead of quietly coming back in your heart to your Creator and saying, Lord, I'm messing up. No, you tried to make yourself good. So you, you heaped coals upon your head, you did a lot of mea culpas, and you blamed yourself and, 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 and talked about yourself being no good and failing and, and you tried really hard. You studied hard. You tried to be a success. You tried to volunteer. And you give money to the poor. And you tried all these things to make yourself good. But all you were doing was building a house on shifting sand. All you were doing was trying to build something without God. So you were building a Tower of Babel. All of your giving to the poor. All your acts of kindness all of your trying to help s smile at other people and, and feel good and be supportive to them and being nice and, and all of that stuff, you know, when you were building a Tower of Babel, apart from God. And then what did you feel? Anxiety, emptiness. So, what is that? It's more proof that you're separated from God. So you got to find your creator and leave your problems with him. So you have to come back with hat in hand and you have to stop playing games. No more games. No more trying to prove something to God or anybody else. No more trying to duck the truth. No more excuses. No more rationale. No more blame. No more hating other people and resenting them and judging them. Just sit quietly and bear the pain of seeing your own wrong. And quietly in your heart, like when you were a little child and you were angry at your mommy and then you felt bad, just feel like that a little bit. And God does not despise a contrite heart. It says that somewhere in, in, I think Paul says it. See, don't try to solve anything. Don't try to meddle and make things right. It's all another distraction. 
quietly go about your business. Yeah, if you have dishes to wash, wash them. If you have, if the car needs an oil change, get an oil change. If you need to find a job, then look for a job. If you go to work, then go to work. Do your duty. Do your duty. Quit looking at everybody else, thinking, oh, he's not working as hard as I am, and he gets paid more than I do. Knock it off. Just quietly and simply go about your life. And don't try to prove anything. And if you see yourself messing up, then just say, I'm messing up. See that you're messing up. And see that you don't like to mess up, but you see now that you can't, fi you can't fix yourself. You can't make anything right. Just see it. And quietly in your heart say, God, I'm messing up. And if anybody's going to help me, it's got to be you. That's the attitude. That's the attitude. And he likes that. He likes that kind of an attitude. Because when you desist your efforts to save yourself, then he can save you. See? And he will. So, leave your problems to God. So, it doesn't mean that you don't do anything. Yeah, you can still do things. But now, do things simply. If there's something you can do, do it. If, the, if there's nothing you can do, then just see that there's nothing you can do. But don't blame anybody else. And quietly... Go about your life. And then if you see something that's... See, then you'll begin to see more and more because your conscience will come back again. You will become like a little... What did Christ say? He said, unless you become like a little child, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You have to become like a little child. And how were you when you were a little child? You had perception. You saw things. You understood. You couldn't always explain it, but you saw and you understood. But people around you seemed determined to put your lights out. They wanted to make you look bad. They wanted to make it look like you were wrong for seeing that they're wrong. And they were very confusing. And people got away with stuff. And they tried to make you doubt. They tried to make you doubt that there's principle and that there's right and wrong. And that stealing is wrong, and talking about other people is wrong, and being mean is wrong, and hurting other people is wrong, and being ambitious is wrong. They tried to make you think that they were right, and that you were wrong for seeing something wrong with them. And before long, you went along with it. Now, what you must do is simply see that when you were a little child, you were closer to God then than you've ever been since. Now you must simply come back to God, that's all. And you'll start a brand new life. And the part inside of you that's gone wrong, the part of you that's gone wrong, yeah, it'll still, some of it will be there for a while. Let God deal with it. Let him deal with it. And every day you'll begin to see more and more with perception. And when you don't understand something, just raise your eyes and quietly inquire of God and wonder. And 
If it's something you need to know, somehow he'll make you know, and you'll wake up one day and you'll just know. Life will become increasingly simple. So you understand that it's it's not the words of a prayer, but it's the attitude. And a prayerful attitude. That's what you need. A prayerful attitude. How can you hate somebody and have a prayerful attitude? You can't. And if there's a little child there and then somebody's starting to say bad things and use bad words and talk in a bad way, how can you just stand there and say nothing if you have a prayerful attitude? No, you'll say, excuse me. I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't talk like that. There's a little child here. Thank you very much. Oh, they won't like it. But who cares? It's the little child that's important, not them. So I think you got the idea. There's way too many things to try to figure out every little circumstance. I'm just giving you a couple of little clues. When you start on the path back to your creator again, like the prodigal son, you return home to the father. When you do, you will begin to see, just in the way that you can see that 2 plus 2 equals 4, just in the way that you can see that stealing something is wrong, just as you can see that very clearly, and don't doubt it, you'll begin to see other things. Yeah, you'll see your own wrongs, you'll see your resentments and so forth, and you'll see that they're wrong. Just see it, that's all. But you'll also begin to see some shining truths. You'll begin to understand. And the understanding that you have is a beautiful, beautiful balm for your soul. And your poor old body that you've been abusing. And other people will see something in you. They'll see a light. You don't even know that you have it. You have no idea. But they see it. And it's good for them. It's good for your wife to see it, to see that in you, to see understanding in you, and for your children to see it. And for your children, if you're the mom, to see patience in you instead of impatience. All right? So it's all very simple, isn't it? So what are you waiting for? You can start right now. Just become quiet. Hear the birds singing. And the next time your child comes up to you with a question, just sit quietly and listen. And when you see impatience rising, and you'll see it, just see it. And see that it's wrong. And that little moment could be the beginning of a whole new life. Until next time, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Shedding Shackles with your host, Roland Trujillo. Now you can listen to Roland anytime by logging on to www.sheddingshackles.com. You'll find lots of free, helpful information, and you can also order materials or make a donation by using your credit card. Once again, the web address is SheddingShackles.com. Please remember that Shedding Shackles is listener-supported. Thank you.
Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo.